and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Slump of Ice Empire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Jimmy of House Nuts. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into a Storm of Swords aria number two. Matt, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, you know, I am doing good, Jimmy. You know, I just feel like as we continue burning through this reread, you know, last week we talked about a Night of the Seven Kingdoms and that show that's going to be coming out. I still just find myself, it's the summer. And, you know, there's cookouts and planning all this stuff. But I still just love my weekly reread. I just every week when I was like, hey, I'm going to dive into this next chapter. I'm still just taken back to that world that George R. R. Martin has created of A Song of Ice and Fire. And I still it never gets old for me. So I literally thought you were going. I thought you were going into a HelloFresh ad there for a second. (laughs) Oh, no. But hey, they are our current sponsor. Of course, the way the ads work when you're listening to this, they may not be. But do check out HelloFresh. America's number one. Meal, meal plan kit. Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, whenever you started, you know, cook out. I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> oh no, we no, checked man. out HelloFresh. They sent it. They sent us some some stuff. Yeah, it was really good. Very, yeah. very good. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm with you, man. It, it just feels good to be kind of, uh, you know, when we've been a little bit more consistent with the chapters, so we haven't as much show news. So I feel like we're a little bit more nose in the book right now, and it does feel very good. Uh, and I'm hoping the maybe the next news we hear is like a wins a winner announcement or something like that. That would be fantastic, wouldn't it? God, yes, it was. They've been they've been doing something kind of on Twitter today. Just they must have had some sort of Game of Thrones reunion or something because they're like showing all these like obviously mm-hmm. new photos, but it's like cast of Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon and and uh, getting everything going. But you know, I thought I'd start today, Jimmy with uh just something we do here we run these polls over on the over on the youtube page and uh just get kind of your thoughts on this so this week's poll was which character from the books uh from the books but not in the show did you want to see most the choices were lady stoneheart young griff victorian Greyjoy, and john connington has around a thousand votes and there's a tie of course you can see who i voted for uh, Lady Stoneheart at 43%, Young Griff at 42, Victorian Greyjoy at 10, John Connington at four. I mean, do you agree with that? So here, let me ask you this, Matt. Or is there another character? Let me ask you this. Who do you think I voted for? Because I did vote. I probably Young Griff. If I had if I had to take a guess, I don't know. I they're all they're all crazy important. I mean, to be honest, they are. They really are. I mean, especially whenever you start reading it deeper into four and five. I mean, it's kind of crazy that they weren't included. But um, I voted for John Connington. <laughs> John Connington. Yeah, I can I see just, it. I think John Connington is such a fascinating character. And I think, you know, of what he probably has, they probably gave a little bit of that to Jorah Mormont in the show. And I just don't think it did all that much for Jorah. Uh, you know, he gets back with Danny and then that's kind of, you know, his little redemption thing. And we forget that he was kind of a creeper and yada, yada, yada. I just think John Connington's really awesome because also he might be the person that was closest to Rhaegar that's alive. So I just, I find him to be fascinating. What does he know? Was he in love with Rhaegar? I think he probably was. Uh, I don't know. All these are really good picks though. Right. Uh, If it wasn't Connington, it'd been Lady Stoneheart because I just like that very horror fantasy element of the story. Yeah. You know, the crazy thing about these is you, it's like you completely stripped out, not one, but really three main plot lines Mm -hmm. here. Cause you know, John Connington and young Griff sort of, sort of go, together although you honestly could have included any one of any one of these characters and it's like you could have still had like john connington come in and maybe he's the one that tells john snow like without young griff like you could have included that character and maybe have him be the one to sort of reveal some information you know about perhaps john snow's true parentage and it's like man there's four major arcs there uh, that they didn't yeah. include at all. And it's like, you could have included any one of them and gone down a certain path. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, you know, like if you include Victorian Greyjoy, then it's like, you can really go down that Euron path. Whereas to what they just sort of make Euron a sailor, you know, pirate in the uh, backwoods, Bam Margera. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So, 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 so ridiculous. Let me but, ask you this. What do you think out of these four, which one do you think hurt the show the most? from you know leaving it out 
That's a gr- that's a great question. I think so because the show had the Night King. Mm-hmm. I even though the Night King stuff didn't pan out the way we wanted it to, because we, I mean, the Night King. If if it, the show had still ended with the Night King arc, then I think the Euron becoming the big bad, like we think, could be the case in yeah the, the main series. Okay, I could, that one you could strip out, and because if if it had just been the Night King, been the final battle, everyone would have liked Game of Thrones a lot more. The, yes. the the finale of it. So obviously, we kind of did go the Victorian Greyjoy and his importance with Euron, and kind of stripped that out. We kind of got a little bit of what's of what probably could happen with the young Griff storyline, which is. Danny sort of seeing that everyone likes John more and was reacting to him more. Like we got a little bit of that, like in some of the battle of Winterfell stuff mm-hmm. and like afterwards where everyone was really sort of loving Jon Snow and not her, like the mummer's dragon, perhaps. Of course that could have been way more played out with young Griff and he could have gone in a, a different way, but I still kind of think lady Stoneheart because a, a, a big problem that regardless of the fact that even if the Night King stuff had worked out at the end, a mega problem with the show in season seven was like Arya and Sansa. Yeah, well, you're not wrong there. And also Peter Baelish, which you could have tied in. Right. Baelish, like, don't tell me a zombified Catelyn slicing off, you know, or hanging Peter Baelish wouldn't have been one of the most uh, satisfying things we've ever seen on screen. Um you, that's that's a good honestly that's a really good point and i was pretty prepared to say young griff like i already knew which one i was gonna say uh and i still do think that young griff pans out you know if you go with the way because i do think the books would be very different but if you go with what the show did if you had a young griff there to buffer some of these things i think that it could have been a lot better i also think it could have possibly made cersei a lot more interesting if she had another like if she had been dethroned right, right. Uh, after the set blown up and young griff is there or something you know what i'm saying i think that there just could have been more i think it, it leaves um it leads to more interesting threads but lady stoneheart and we're talking about the show so the starks are exactly the well so, so think about think about that too you know for the show you know they tried the door angle it didn't work so that does sort of hurt the back half of the show just in, in general and you know you would have had to have introduced sort of out of nowhere i mean like kind of like george does uh you know <laughs> sort of out of out of out of nowhere really this like John Connington character and explain the Blackfire Rebellion and a lot of that stuff. And that could have, if you really started it in like season five and been like, this is the angle we're going to go now and drive that into season eight, you could have pulled it off. Yeah. But with the red wedding being as big of an event as it was for people watching game of Thrones and the shock factor and like people, you know, posting on Instagram, people's reactions to watching game of Thrones, the red wedding for the first time I mean, the red wedding, like for the television standpoint, was enormous and now if you find out that catlin has sort of survived the red wedding like after like if they had res if they had brought resurrected her towards i don't know the when's is the red wedding end of season four i think um yes. yeah so if the red wedding happened so if like end of season five catlin lady catlin gets revived oh <laughs> like on television like that would have been insane i mean i do i agree um also uh the red wedding i just looked at, it's season three season three yeah right. i always that's get it, that, that's yeah. the big thing i get mixed up because the book right. it all happens kind right. of like in the same book but um the only thing i will say is i feel like some people might have felt like it was a cheap way out to bring her back but right. But I don't think it is because Lady Stoneheart is clearly a horrifying like being, right? It's not, it's not, right. she's back and you know, she's out for revenge. She literally has her throat slit and is, is we're not even positive that she's a, a hero at all in, in the books. You know, she's just really daunting uh, and mysterious. And I, I think it could have worked, but I do think some people might have been like, oh, he walked back to death. Do you think that had they done Lady Stoneheart, it would have diminished john's death i could see i could see them maybe as a re, as like an honest i haven't looked into you know why they didn't do it <clears throat> excuse me but i could see how from a television standpoint you could 
like act even acts that early on because you're like, well, if we resurrect Catelyn, then is that gonna like automatically be like, well, John can just be resurrected? Well, I read something where they said Lady Stoneheart was too far into the fantasy realm, and right. even Jon Snow's resurrection, like, let's be honest, it didn't cost him anything really. Like, right. I, you know what I mean? Whereas in the books, we know he's going to be messed up. Like, there's no way George right. brings him back and he's just all oh, Johnny boy. Like, that's not happening. So I think that they kind of cheapen John's resurrection in, in a lot of ways. And some people, you know, retrospectively say, well, what? Why? what's the significance of John being resurrected? He didn't kill the Night King. He doesn't end up on the Iron Throne. I mean, right. the significance, though, what, they don't, what people don't want to hear, but this is the significance they gave him is that he killed Danny. He killed the right. fascist leader, um, which we, we don't like that, but it is what it is. Right. right. So Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, poll is still up and it's only been updated for a day, so it could change. Um, let me so, yeah, I'll, vote I'll, John Connington. Somebody I'll, help I'll, me out. I'll pull it back up here one quick second just to see what people are saying in the comments. Um, Victorian is among my favorite characters in the books. They mm -hmm. absolutely butcher the Greyjoy storyline in the show. Also, there is no urine. Um, agreed. Lady Stoneheart would have been uh, balls to the walls awesome if they did it correctly and honestly out of these options of storylines. Hers could have been abbreviated the most. I can see that. All of them. Young Griff or Stoneheart for me. The question is not fair. How can you make me choose? All of them. Um, here for another one. Val. Uh, they would have, you know, they would have butchered them all. Yeah. So I like the Val. I like the Val uh, inclusion there. I don't think she would have won this poll, but Val I'd could still Val could still uh, exist in the showverse if we uh, ever get that Jon Snow show. If we get snow, maybe Val is the uh, the second main character. Who knows? The wild maybe. princess. You could you could go down. You could, in theory, uh, Callan could still be. We could still see Lady Stoneheart. That would be wild. That would be absolutely abs abs absolutely wild. <laughs> Just like, hey, here's all these characters we didn't hear. Like, Aegon's landing. Yeah. It's like, so it's like game. It's like, it's like the snow. So is just like Game of Thrones DLC. It's like, graveyard. Like, what all characters didn't we include? Yeah. All right. Mario and the Mage. Yeah, throw, get in there. Mario and the Mage. Throw him in there too. You know. What's Lem Lemon Cloak? <laughs> Seriously. Well, you know what? We're going to talk about Lem Lemon Cloak today. So. I think Hot Pie has got a role to play. Damn it. Hey, he was in there. So, all right. Well, let's dive over to uh, the chapter today. So this is Aria 2 of A Storm of Swords. Mm -hmm. So I'll pull up the synopsis here. So Arya is gathering vegetables when she hears voices. She warns Gendry and Hot Pie they may... Uh, they try to hide, but one of their horses gives them away. They're discovered by three men, Tom Seven Strings, Lem, Lemon Cloak, uh, and Angai. The men say they are king's men and ask, to um, ask them to come with them in a nearby inn. Arya hesitates, but after uh, Angai, how do you spell that? How, do you, how does he pronounce that name? Angai. Angai is how Roy the Trace pronounces it. Yeah. Shows how skilled he is with the bow. She realizes they stand no chance. She agrees. At the inn, Gendry remains in the stables to watch their horses, though Tom assures them that they are safe. Arya and Hot Pie enter the inn with three men. The atmosphere is friendly. The men talk with the innkeeper and his wife and about the food and the last visitors at the inn. The innkeeper sold them horses and gave them directions. Tom and his friends were waiting for them to get the horses back, but they did not see them. Tom gives Arya a paper acknowledging, acknowledging a future payment of three dragons after the war for their horses. Arya protests and wonders how they will be able to reach Riverrun. Suddenly, Gendry runs in to warn that there are strangers outside. The people in the inn are not worried, but Arya is afraid it will be Sir Gregor Clegane's men. She slams a tankard in Lem's face and tries to escape but to a no avail. The men outside come in and and among them, Arya recognizes Harwin. He recognizes her and proclaims her real name to the surprise of all. Yeah, fantastic chapter. Uh, we, we, we always say that every single week, but that's just how I feel about my favorite mm -hmm. book of all time. Uh, we, we talked a lot about how George does a great job of referencing other places in the world and makes the world feel very vast whenever things are mentioned in passing. And he does do that, but... Uh, he does that here in this chapter, but another thing that George is fantastic at, and the most so in the Aria POVs, is that George is able to 
make us have a tangible feel of how dangerous Westeros is. The fact that Arya does not trust any of these people. And for Arya, it is more dangerous because even though she's a killer at this point, which she literally thinks like, I'll kill them hot pie, which is crazy for like a 10 or 11 year old. Right. Ultimately, Arya is powerless. And she even has a moment in this chapter where she's like, it's happening again. Like they're going to take my sword. They're going to take me. And uh, you still feel that helplessness and it almost makes you cheer for her to be a murderer. So I think it's really interesting how George handles that pow power dynamic from the Arya POV and her chapters are the ones that really do show you the war uh, situation that we get them from Brienne and Jamie as well, but it's a little different because Brienne's a badass. you know, Arya is not quite there yet. So it, it all leads to the house of black and white and her being trained by the faceless men. And you see like George is actually setting up, you know, these steps of why she would do these things. And then ultimately the red wedding, whenever she thinks she is at her most safe place, she could ever be her final destination. Uh, it is not safe at all. In fact, she finds the biggest nightmare of her life since her dad was beheaded. So I just think that this chapter is a really good mood setter and has one of the best opening lines in all of the books. Uh, the opening line is she was grubbing for vegetables in a dead man's garden when she heard the singing. Such a good opening line, dude. Yeah, Love let me it. get that. Let me get that pulled up here. One second here. She was yeah, grubbing I, for vegetables in a dead man's garden. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, this book uh, itself is probably the best book for opening lines. Like George, absolutely knocked it out of the park, which is what we've said every time yeah. we. He's he's a good opener for sure. Right. Um, you know what's fun? You know, there's just there's a lot of like really small details that just tie back to a lot of like events that have happened in Arya's life. So, mm -hmm. um, even as you continue here, like Arya stiffens still as a stone, listening to the three stringy uh, carrots in her hands uh, suddenly forgotten. She thought of the bloody mummers and Roose Bolton's men, and a shiver of fear went back her, went back went down her back. Excuse me. It's not fair. Not when we finally found the Triton, not when we thought we were almost safe. You know what else is uh, kind of interesting about that? The like, it's not fair. It's almost kind of like, well, you think about the Trident uh, and also like, that's where all of the stuff happened with Joffrey and uh, the butcher's boy and all that stuff. So here we are back at the Trident and saying once again, it's not fair. You know what I mean? Yeah, and she said, you know, it wasn't fair. Basically, Arya is learning that life is not fair. That That's the unfortunate uh, reality of her situation. Yeah, so uh, sort of continues here. Here she is sort of singing, right? I'll steal a sweet kiss with the point of my blade. Hi-ho, hi-ho, you know, she thought. She heard a wood harp too, or that's not her, well, sorry. Yeah, uh, it's uh, seven strings. She's, she's yeah, she's, she's hearing it. But as you're right, she does think she does have this line right here i'll hide by the tree he's probably alone if he bothers me i'll kill him crazy that that is what she uh, the mindset that she is in yeah and and also like aria and them are like oh no they're gonna find us it is clear as day that they knew they were there uh whenever they're talking about what they're going to do over the wall it says could be a wolf maybe a lion with four feet you think or two and the person's like it doesn't really matter uh either way they're gonna have to come out or be killed so <laughs> I think hot pie says something like, how did you know we were here? And it's like, we already knew, you know, it's, it's very clear. They were never but, hidden. Right. Yeah, ex exactly. So yeah, it does continue here. Hot pie went and Arya dropped her carrots and drew the stolen sword from her shoulder. She had it strapped in the sheath across her back. The long sword was made for a man grown and it bumped against the ground when she wore it on her hip. It's too heavy besides she thought missing needle the way she did every time she took this clumsy thing in her hand, but it was a sword and she could kill with it. That was enough. Lightfoot, she moved to the big old willow that grew beside the bend of the road and went to one knee in the grass and mud within the veil of the trailing branches. You old gods, she prayed as the singer's voice grew louder. You tree gods, hide me and make him go past. Then a horse wickered and the song broke off suddenly. He's heard, she knew, but maybe he's alone. If he's not, maybe they'll be as scared of us as we are of them. And they were, in fact, not. <laughs> Yeah, but there, but Arya there, um, you know, who's sort of, you know, dismissed other gods in the past is now here praying. And also and very, very important to see that God did not grant her her wishes. Right. And she's praying to the old gods of the tree gods, she says specifically. So who do we think of when we think of the tree gods? Right. The three eyed 
Raven, and we also Crow. think of Crow. We think of Bran. Uh, we think of Weirwoods. We think of the North. Uh, but this god is not giving her what she wants, so it is another step towards the House of Black and White. Yeah. So uh, sort of continues here. Basically, they find her. Arya sprang to her feet. Don't. She showed them her sword. There were three. She saw only three. Sirio could fight more than three. And she had Hot Pie and Gendry to stand with her, maybe. But they're boys. And these are men. So first, she's sort of reminded quickly that she lost Needle. Mm-hmm. Here we go again, being reminded that she's also lost Sirio. Yep. As as the situation gets worse, she even also prayed to the gods. So like quickly, Arya's kind of running out of options. Like, and you're also seeing the toll that a lot of these things have taken on her in the past. Like the 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 things that she had in the past found safety or security in are no longer with her. Yeah, she is powerless out here, unfortunately. And it's also very funny that she thinks. But they're boys and these are men as if like only she is the one that can stand up to the men. So like there is that little bit of bravado right. that that we come to know and love from Arya. Uh, and, and it's it's evident here. You know, she's thinking that Gendry and Hop, I need to stand behind her, uh, even though she's 10 or 11 with a sword that she can barely heft. So, right. Uh, so it continues on a little bit here. Um this is, you know, uh, basically they're just sort of at a standstill here. The singer idly plucked a string. Boy, he said, put up that sword now. So calling Arya a boy, of course, unless you're wanting to be hurt. It's too big for you, lad. And besides, Ingai here could put three shafts through you before you could hope to reach her. He could not, Arya said, and I'm a girl. So there we go again, right? Continuing on, uh, you know, because for a long time, we know she was pretending to be a boy. And now, of course, she's already been revealed to be a girl to these other people that she's with but they still don't know her whole secret so it's just still continuing this whole chapter there's these little beats as you progress through this whole thing if you really kind of dive into it yeah, where she's, it's jarring right Ari is being Ari is being like picked apart like piece by piece here yeah and you can she's having a crisis of identity almost you know she's a boy now she's a girl and then she's nobody right. and then she's Arya stark and you know again this is just all the trail to where we end up with her in dance with dragons and if you remember uh, these chapters, Jimmy, as we've been going week by week, you know, these past few chapters, you go back just a few weeks, right? When we did the Jamie chapter and we noticed that it hasn't happened yet, but Jamie keeps grabbing his wrist, which is hurting because he has the chains on him. Mm-hmm. But we know that he's going to lose that hand. And then, uh, you know, we didn't record a chapter last week, but the week before or maybe two weeks ago, whatever, when we did the last chapter was the Tyrion chapter. And Tyrion, you know, is awakening right and his nose is gone and he's being reminded of that and being reminded of his new position and what he's lost and then his relationship with Frey uh with shay is being frayed right it's being strained and Mm -hmm. that's like what this kind of not only is happening it's happening as this block of chapters too yeah, and, and George does a great job with consequence. Uh, every book has consequence, but not, it's not always dealt with uh, to this level. Maybe, maybe most of the time it's not <laughs> dealt with, with this level. Yeah. So here we go. So now this is uh, this is interesting. So the next thing you know, say um, there are Aria watch. The singer kept distractingly. You know, they're talking about uh, mm-hmm. just yeah, the horses, right? Um Will you give us your names like honest men? The singer asked the boys. I'm Hot Pie. Hot Pie said it once. <laughs> I <laughs> and good for you. That's 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 the line that what at some point we should like make a joke April Fool's video about. Like, <laughs> like to try to dive. Who is it. Hot Pie? Who really? is Hot Pie? Real hound son. He said it so quickly, you know, like <laughs> um so he says, not every day I meet a lad with such a tasty name. And what would your friends be called? Mutton, uh, chop, and squab? Genry Scout uh, down from his saddle. Why should I tell you my name? I haven't heard yours. Okay. Well, as to that, I'm Tom of Seven Streams. But Tom Seven Strings is what they call me, which is very important. I should highlight that. This is important because uh, folks were being introduced to Tom of Sevens here. And he we end up hearing the story a little bit here in a little bit about, you know, him impregnating somebody he shouldn't have. And this is our tip off for when we get into feast and we realize that Jamie's sitting there talking to a brotherhood without banners mole inside of River Run. And he doesn't realize it. 
and that man is Tom of Sevens. So right. very cool that he's highlighted here. Also, isn't this in? I think there's a line in here, and I'll get it pulled up because I think I noticed it on the Reddit, and then I went and checked that this is the same in that that we go to. This is the second, same in that, that Brian Jamie, and Jamie and Brian were, were just we're just at. That's right. correct. Yep. Yeah. So uh, is what they call me. So it sort of continues here, and they sort of explain their names. So. Um, you know, a squab, squab, if you want, she doesn't want to say her name, Aria, because these people, you know, she doesn't want to give it out to as many people. And of course, as we know, the end of this chapter is a big deal because she'll be recognized. Gendry calls himself the bull. I'm the bull said, taking this lead from Aria. She could not blame him for, for, for referring bull to mutton chop. So Tom yeah. seven strings strummed his heart harp hot pie squab and the bull escape from lord bolton's kitchen did you how did you know you bear his sigil on your chest little one and she had forgotten that for an instant there we go again another piece of aria's backstory which she was then the cupbearer for mm -hmm. uh bruce bolton big difference in the show where it's tywin lannister yep um and it sort of continues there she says you know i'm bigger than i was i'm not a child children don't kill people and she had I can see that squab and none of you is children. Not if you were, you know, Bolton's. So, uh, so you're lying cubs. He calls them. And then it just sort of continues on. They say they're King's men, which King Arya frowned. King Robert said Lem and his yellow cloak, that old drunk, he's dead. Some boar killed him. Everyone knows that. Incredible that Gendry's talking about his father. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I know this. The, there's this chapter is deep it's good, so, so as we continue here hot pie gives up river run he says we're looking for river run how many days is it do you know and Arya says Arya could have right. killed him you be quiet i'll stuff rocks in your mouth big stupid mouth <laughs> yeah so they say river runs a long way upstream a long hunger way maybe you'd like one more hot meal so this is okay so next thing we know is we're going to go to the end they're going to meet up with some people that uh you know that th that they know yeah with sharna which are the people who ran into jamie and brienne yep right yeah and then yeah and then they, they talk about old pate's daughter a sister a wife you know tell me no lies squab i buried old pate myself right there under that willow where you're hiding and you don't have his look he drew a sad sound from his harp we buried many good man in this past year but we've no wish to bury you i swear it on my harp archer show her the archer's hand moved quickly than Arya would have believed his shaft went hissing past her head within an inch of her ear and buried it inside the trunk of the willow behind her but then the bowman had a second arrow notched and drawn she thought she understood what syria meant to be quick as a snake and as smooth as summer silk but now she knew she hadn't the arrow thrummed behind her like a bee you miss she said more of a fool if you think so they go where i send them yeah and, and this is the starting to begin the realization for aria that well, obviously she's not in control, but she's also just not what she thinks she's good is. enough. Yeah, she thinks right. she's a killer and she's and she is by definition, but she does not have the means of which to defend herself. So her seeing that there's levels to this uh, is going to motivate her to try to be as equipped, I think, for bad situations as possible, especially when, you know, again, we'll get to it. But the hound ended up taking her essentially hostage. Right. So, uh, you know, again, she showed that she doesn't have the skills um, or the ability to defend herself, which is really sad. Yeah. So as we continue a little bit on here, they start asking each other if they know songs. Hot Pie begins to sing The Bear, The Bear, The Maiden Fair, <laughs> right? Which we've seen quite a bit in a few chapters so far. And again, we know that Arya here has a secret identity, which is sort of what that whole thing ends up tying into here. Well, really, uh, well, Hot Pie is the only one that said he's Hot Pie, which... In theory, is kind of a fake name because I'm sure he wasn't named Hot Pie when he was born. Yeah, you never know. But um, of course, Arya and Gendry are pretending to have yes. fake names here. Yes, I uh, I'm just gonna say Hot Pie is the Hound's son for no reason. Like that's just my right. nonsense tinfoil. No proof. Could be. Zero. Could be. I'll find some. So, so now <laughs> this is actually. Um, this actually this next uh, little chapter. Um, paragraph here ties into a Daenerys theory if you want to dive dive into this 
So a small brook flowed into the trident a little further on. They waded across. They're, uh, they're singing flushed a duck among the reeds. Angai stopped where he stood, unslung his blow, notched, notched an arrow, and brought it down. The bird fell into the shallows not far from the bank. Lem took off his yellow cloak and waded in knee-deep to retrieve it, complaining all the while. Do you think Sharna might have lemons down in that cellar of hers? Said Ingai to Tom as they watched Lem's flash around cursing. A Dornish girl once cooked me duck with lemons oh sounds like they got lemons in dorn well and then we go a little bit further this is just a little bit ahead of where you are it's a and, and it's a uh, paragraph and says lemons and where would we get lemons does this look like dorn to you you freckled fool why don't you hop out back to the lemon trees and pick us a bushel and some nice olives and pomegranates too she shook a finger at him now i suppose i could cook it with lem's cloak if you like but not till it's hung for a few days you'll eat rabbit or you won't eat Roast rabbit on a spit would be quickest if you've got a hunger or might be you'd like it stewed with ale and onions. So this is definitely a little bit of that breadcrumb to let us know that lemons grow in Dorn. And we've also been told that Danny had a lemon tree outside of the red door. It's 100 percent hints. I mean, George has been asked in interviews, is that significant? And he was like, I would think that would be pretty significant. So right. I 100% think that this is evidence of Lemongate. And I do think that Danny and Viserys were in Dorn for a time, for sure. Definitely. I, yeah. they, def they, they, def they definitely were. Yeah. Um, I have uh, one other thing that uh, yeah. I, I jumped a little bit ahead, but there's something that's like between these two points. And I wanted to get your opinion on it. So there's a paragraph that says, and they're coming into the end. Um, says the painted sign above the door showed a picture of some old king on his knees. Inside was the common room where a very toggly woman with a knobby chin stood, uh, stood with her hands on her hips glaring. And then she just says, you know, get in or get out, whatever. Do you think the king on the knees is Torn Stark? Oh, it could be. Oh, I, I, I was just skipping to it. Yeah. You're blocking my door. Get in or get out, Lem. What did I tell you about my floor? You're all mud. Yeah, the, the dialogue doesn't pertain too much, but right. I think painted sign above the door showed a picture of some old king on his knees. And I just think that's Torn Stark. It could be. Um, and it would be interesting because that's really the only king we know specifically that's the king who knelt. Yes. Right. And then yes. it would sort of be significant that Arya now finds herself in a situation where she's being recognized as a Stark and she sort of has to surrender here. That's exactly what I was going to say. So she ends up thinking and she's going, they're going to take the horses one way or another. And she sees the situation for what it is. And she concedes um, with the idea of living to fight another day. So I, I think it is um, uh, awesome. Like if that is what this is and the pain inside really is torn start, because remember we're seeing this from Arya's perspective. Uh, does she know all of her histories? She wasn't really too bookish, right? Sansa would have known Sansa would right. have known who it was, but not Arya. I think that this paragraph is awesome. I love this. And it really does tie in Arya to Torin into the Starks history. Oh my God. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, this chapter has a lot of breadcrumbs in it. I mean, so to be good. to be honest, and this is all that stuff you know we talk about where you you got to really pay attention because that's what George does. He George literally just throws away throws in the middle of you know all this other stuff that's going on, like one little line that ties into like some big mega and a ton of symbolism. Yeah, and and you know, and it's usually calling back to history. And in his world that he created. And I think that's the thing about a song of ice and fire that has always stood out to me about more so than any other fantasy series is that the history feels real. And it's because of little things like that, that you could read, you could read this book three times and not catch that like easily. Yep. So good. Oh my gosh. I'm getting, getting pumped up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. So, okay. So it sort of continues on here and basically they're talking about like, they're going to make some food. They're going to make some rabbit. And it's, you know, you'll eat rabbit or you won't eat. Uh, Arya leans close to hot pie here. You know, can you sail a boat? She's asked like she's sort of planning some other mm -hmm. stra uh, strategies there. Um, and while this other thing is going on, we'll sing to his grace. Uh, Ingai the archer called out cheerfully, lifting a toe. Save seven, save the king. All 12 of them, Lem Lemon Cloak muttered. He drank and wiped the foam from his mouth with the back of his hand. 
Husband came uh, burst, uh, busting in through the door, front door with an apron full of washed vegetables. Uh, there's strange horses in the stable, he announced, as if, you know, they, they hadn't known. Um, you know, he drops off the vegetables. I never give them away. I sold them for a good price. You know, so that's basically kind of what's what's going on here. Um, I knew there were outlaws, Arya thought, listening. Her hand went up under the table to touch the hilt of her dagger and make sure it was still there. You know, she used to do that with Needle. Just yeah. to remember, she was sort of just think, oh, you know, the needle's there. If they rob us, if they try to rob us, they'll be sorry. Hmm. Uh, which is also still kind of interesting that that's what she's thinking about. Like, oh, they're going to try and rob us? Like, are you? You could be like, they could like kill you. You know, <laughs> I mean, yes. that's like her thought. She has a very uh, strong opinion of her martial skills, <laughs> even though she's seeing some evidence of the contrary in this chapter. <laughs> So uh, here goes. So now they're going to uh, Lem's going to start singing a song here and husband and they're kind of going uh, back and forth, um, you know, uh, and they're just kind of like, I don't know, they're in the end hanging out, you know, sort of acting, I guess, more important really the, than they are. Hot pie made a face as soon as he tastes the the food. That's bad bread. He said it's burned and it's tough. You know, it's better when there's Sue to sop it up. Said Lamb. No, it isn't. They're just kind of going, you know, back and forth about the about the about the food here. Um, and Classic really, George. <laughs> yeah. So we kind of get uh, go here. So Arya basically calls them out. Uh, she says, you're no king's man, you're robbers. If you'd ever met a true robber, you'd know they do not pay, not even in paper. It's not for us, to, uh, for us, we take your horses, child. It's for the good of the realm so we can get about more quickly and fight the fights that need fighting. The king's fight. Would you deny the king? They were all watching her. The archer, Big Len, husband, and his swallow face and shifty eyes. Even Shannara, who stood in the door of the kitchen squinting. They're going to take our horses no matter what I say, she realized. We need to walk to River Run unless... We don't want paper. Arya slapped the parchment out of Hot Pie's hand. You can have our horses for that boat outside, but only if you show us how to work it. Tom Sevenstring stares at her for a moment and then a wide, homely mouth quirked. You know, uh, he laughed aloud. Uh, you know, that they're all laughing. Lim Lim Cloak, Shannara and husband, even the serving boy who had all stepped out from behind the casks with a crossbow under one arm. Arya wanted to scream at them, but inside she started to smile. Riders, Gendry, Shout was shrill with alarm. The door burst open as he was. Soldiers coming down the river road, a dozen of them. Hot Pie leapt up, knocking over his tankard. But Tom and the others were un, uh, unturbed. There's no cause for spilling good ale on my floor, said Shannara. Sit back down and calm yourself, boy. There's rabbit coming. You too, girl. Whatever harm has been done, you know, it's over and it's done. And you're with the king's men now. We'll keep you safe as best we can. Yeah, take that for as big of a grain of salt uh, as you possibly can. And that, and that is the thing, right? Uh, the Brotherhood Without Banners is such an interesting faction because at times we feel like they're the heroes we need and at other times we we can't trust them. And Arya is seeing how complex the situation has gotten. It's not even about lions and wolves all the time. It's, it's really about who's in your area, looking for resources, uh, trying to take ends even, right? Because we know Sharna is not the original inn owner from the Jamie chapter. So right. it's just, uh, it, it's it's messy out there. And Arya is in the thick of it. Yeah. So basically what ends up happening uh, is they, this group ends up showing up and it's Harwin. Arya whispers, it was. Under the beard and tangled hair was the face of Holland's son, who used to lead her pony around the yard, ride at Quintain with John and Rob, and drink too much on feast days. He was thinner, harder somehow, and at Winterfell he never wore a beard, but it was him, her father's man. Harwin, squirming, she threw herself forward, trying to wrench free of Lemon's, of Lem's iron grip. It's me, she shouted, Harwin. It's me. Don't you know me, don't you? Then tear, uh, the tears came, and she found herself weeping like a baby, like some stupid little girl. Harwin, it's me. Harwin's eyes went from her face to the flayed man on her doublet. How do you know me? Uh, he said, frowning suspiciously. The flayed man. Who are you? Some serving boy to Lord Leech. For a moment, she did not know how to answer. She had so many times. She had only dreamed. Arya Stark. I'm a girl. Mm. She sniffed. Uh, I was Lord Bolton's cupbearer, but he was going to leave me for the goat, so I ran off with Kendry and Hot Pie. You have to know me. We, you used to leave me by pony when I was little. His eyes went wide. Gods be good, mm -hmm. he said in a choked voice. Arya underfoot. Lem let go of her. She broke my nose. Lem uh, <laughs> her, you know, unceremoniously onto the floor. Who in heaven sells is she supposed to be? The hand's daughter. Harwin went to one knee before her. Arya Stark of Winterfell. 
what a fantastic i mean we go from being now so, you're, yeah. stealing from a dead man's garden in your first line to being named uh you know basically daughter of well even though he's dead you know of the hand and i know where the story goes like i know unfortunately what but, happened yeah. but but this moment gave me chills still this day and uh is there not just a palpable like tangible real feeling of relief that Arya can just say i'm for like Arya. the first time like someone please help me for the love of god <laughs> and right. harwin's there and you're just like wow and also by the way we haven't seen harwin since what book one right right i mean that is just great i mean think about this for i mean in in all honesty since probably i don't know if it's an aria chapter or an eddard chapter i mean honestly from the time she steps on nothing really goes right for aria no really yeah, ever since I she mean, threw joffrey's sword in the water yeah nothing has gone right and this is the first time where you're like at least you know if you're reading this for the first time and of course this is obviously a reread so we know what happens but yeah if you're reading this for the first time you're like wow aria finally is in some good graces about time <laughs> and uh nah it doesn't last very long unfortunately and inter yeah. intersects with a character we haven't seen since blackwater bay which is the hound i mean it's just oh man i love the way he intertwines and think about it she just missed brienne right brienne would have absolutely taken Arya back to catlin yeah the only problem is uh brienne doesn't know what she looks like <laughs> Well, <laughs> right. you, you are right, and she wouldn't have told her. Also, probably wouldn't have because freeing Jamie was not a popular decision. She can't take Jamie back into the uh, right. Yeah, so actually, maybe she wouldn't have. But <laughs> well, hey. you know that that's a that's a great that's actually a really good what if. Oh, um, it's a tremendous to, to sort of think about like, what would have happened if Arya and them had shown up to that inn buff while Brienne and Jamie were still there. Yeah, because Jamie would have recognized her. Yeah, I think so. I, I think he would have recognized her. Yeah. I don't know. Roose Bolton didn't recognize her, so it's hard to say. Yeah, but I don't know. Jamie Lannister is a different ball game. You know what I mean? That would have been that. I think that would have been more in, more like uh, an interesting route to go. Yeah, I would. I definitely agree with that. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I think she would have been better off with uh, <laughs> with Brienne than she would have been with uh, the Hound for sure. So yeah. Okay, let me dive into the uh, Reddit here to see what some of these people saying. Um, says, I love the moment she recognizes it's hard when we see a little girl appear once again. She squirms and screams and weeps like a baby, like a stupid little girl. It's nice. It's a nice reminder every now and then that she is still a little girl. That's exactly. It's it's Arya fighting with the fact that if she were only not a little girl, that she might be right. able to do something for herself. It's it's a lot about control and identity when it comes to Arya's arc in this book. Yeah, uh, it's interesting to see Arya and Gendry sniff out Tom's Thomas Sevens and show some skepticism towards the Brotherhood without banners. They don't take the eager friendliness and hospitality of these new folks at face value. But she didn't trust this Tom. Not everyone who spoke uh, you, not everyone who spoke to you friendly was really your friend. It's near, you say, two mile upstream. Said Tom, a league at most. Gendry looks as uncertain as she felt. What do you mean friends? He asked warily friends. Have you forgotten what friends are? Uh, says being on the same wavelength uh, here signifies a deeper connection, uh, strengthening between these characters. It also mirrors Brienne and Jamie's unspoken conclusion that the folks at the inn were walking them into a trap. Both trios have two characters who understand the state of Westeros in the midst of conflict between four Kings, their status as outlaws and the necessary and the necessity for utmost uh, dissection in their intu uh, intuitions and prudence in whom they trust. Both trios also have a third who doesn't fully comprehend this new world they're living in is too trusting and who uh, and who naivety can put the group at risk. And then it uh, quotes from this, but hot pyre uh, piped up eagerly. We're looking for river run. He says, how many days ride is it? Do you know, you know, Arya could have killed him. So that is kind of an interesting question. That is actually a really interesting point in the parallels of this chapter and that Jamie chapter. So we read that Jamie chapter probably a month ago. So it would actually be kind of interesting to read it and then come back, you know, and read this like side by side to see mm -hmm. the, the parallels. Yeah. And I, George is always mirroring and paralleling things, you know, putting things in parallel. So that, that makes a lot of sense to me. There's some symmetry between those two things. Um, I like that. I like that quite a bit. Right um here's another good here's, here's another really good uh 
thing. This is why, again, I, I, I always pull up this reread because I love to read it from this. Is this they hit this eight years ago, the Song of Ice of Fire reread Reddit. So it's like it's, you know, show Far removed show. and yeah. everything. Yeah. So this comment says the chapter gets me in the feels every time I read it. When Arya goes to hide in the tree, she prays to the old gods. The outlaws didn't see her. She specifically mentions the tree gods and Lem, Tom, and the archer um, don't actually notice her. Arya reveals herself to them so Gendry and Hot Pie would get so that, you know, our, uh, Gendry and Hot Pie wouldn't get hurt, right? Uh, if the wolves uh, were here, we'd, if the wolves hear about it, we'd know it. The fact that Arya Stark is strolling along the path which with you determines that it is a lie, but seriously, I thought it was that funny. Then the, the comment was, it's not fair not knowing that we finally found the trident, right? Which we talked about. Yeah. It says, oh, Arya, she sometimes starts to feel powerless. She Every time she starts to feel powerless, she reaches for an actual weapon. She grabs the sword when she hears the three Brotherhood Without Bannermen approaching. She puts it on her, her hand on the hilt of the dagger when she's at the table in the inn. And when the other riders approach her, she's not allowed to draw her weapon. She lashes out. She doesn't want to be a mouse again. You know, which is mm -hmm. uh, kind of interesting. Says uh, says this person just like I love this chapter for first of all, what is more, what is more happy little girl than a girl uh, with her pony? And secondly, she can't even <laughs> say her name to a person who knows it and she trusts. She can mentally refer to herself as Arya Stark, but she doesn't actually say it. In fact, Harwin refers to her as Arya Underfoot before spaying Arya Stark. Yeah, and we'll see Arya struggle with who Arya Stark actually is. Um, it almost takes her completely forgetting herself in the house of black and white to be able to, to say it again. Yeah. So yeah, great chapter. I mean, just doing the, just doing this, just doing this, re this dive through. And again, the parallels with the Jamie and the Tyrion chapter two of the sort of lost sense of identity that mm -hmm. is going to either be happening to these characters or somewhat has already happened. I mean, even Jamie currently, you know, with him grabbing his wrist from the chains, you know, he is a member, you know, he's the Kingsguard. You're one right? of the best swordsmen of all time. Yeah, one of them. And here yeah. he is, and here he is captured. That's not supposed that that in itself is just not supposed to happen to him. Yeah, it's like cutting know. off Peyton Manning's throwing arm. Like, what do exactly. you think that would do to some, right. you know in the prime of his career? People, right. It would be detrimental. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Arya having a having a lot of identity crisis, and it is she does she does reach for a weapon. That is a really good point. She reaches for a weapon almost every time. Is it because really is it just because she's just ready to just lash out uh, if need be, or is it just because you know I think sometimes we forget that when Arya does kill those people at the in that in the chapter where Ned is killed and she's running to escape, you know, it's the first time she does it. Is it kind of a bloodlust, or is it kind of like in a, in that moment, as crazy as it is? she got out of it and she's actually able to look at that and be like, this worked. Yeah. I think it's this worked. I think it's all she knows. And also, I mean, it is, she is trained at least. I mean, Syria did train her. And also she understands the world for what it is. Unlike hot pie. She is aware right. that, that there's blood in the water. So right. Can't, can't blame her truthfully. Yeah. And she kind of, I mean, she also has the most to lose of all of those three people. I mean, certainly. Because she is a true born. I mean, obviously, Gendry is a bastard born, but she is, of course, a true born. And if you also remember, she didn't really have anything to offer, right? You know, like Gendry yeah. is an as a blacksmith. Well, I mean, people want to keep those around. Hot pie is a cook. It's not as important. But Arya doesn't have any of those other skills, right? Mm -hmm. That's why she was. Well, you'll be a cupbearer, right? Yeah. You don't just get to be everyone's cupbearer, like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, Jimmy, any uh, any closing thoughts on the chapter there? Anything? I just thought it was great. I, I always feel like there's a little bit extra in the Arya chapters because it's George's wife's favorite character, and she made him uh, promise not to kill her off in the Red Wedding. Apparently, so I, thought, I always think that's an interesting uh, <laughs> tidbit. Uh, I love Arya chapters. I know some people don't like them in A Dance of Dragons as much. Uh, whenever she's the cat in the canals and all that good stuff, and the preview chapters for wins, but I actually I I love Arya's character a lot. Um, I think that's why I wasn't super upset when she killed the Night King in the show. Like I, it should have been John. I can objectively right. say that, but like there are much be like really Arya, and I'm like, oh, I kind of love Arya. I also, I actually really liked Macy Williams's performance as Arya as well. So. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to Arya doing the same thing in 
in the show or in the book, excuse me, as long as we just get a little more backstory of why it's significant for her. It was almost like in the show, it was like, well, she can do it because she's skilled, which is a good, does make sense and is a good like character arc, but then it didn't go anywhere. And then she didn't use it to assassinate Danny, who is his fat and makes her brother. Right. It, and then they did like that. the remember then they did like the weird like white horse thing and she just yeah, like, the pale out. mare. It was supposed to be a call to the pale yeah. mare. Right. To so like, yeah, the and, but it didn't do anything. And it also she could have used the faceless man abilities. I know. Like, it's 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 it wasn't good. It was not good. Right. So I, I I am that's why I'm Arya saying pulled that. an RKO out of nowhere. I mean For literally. <laughs> I mean seriously, it's 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 I just out of nowhere, Arya, boom. Yeah, and, and also John John needed that moment, in my opinion. Um Yeah. They didn't even fight. If John was, and the Night King had at least went sword for sword for a bit and it like and then the dragon came in and like, you know, the ground breaks beneath them. So their fight can't finish. And Arya does it. But literally, it's like, OK, here we go. And then he's like, nope, see ya. And like, that was it. Yeah, but he didn't. And John didn't fight Grey Worm either. It was like, you're trying to right. tell me he wouldn't have fought. Gary. You know, it's just it wasn't. I think good. John. I think John would have smoked Grey Worm. There's a good poll. Right. We'll run that. Grey Worm's a doofus. I mean, yeah. we've talked about Grey Worm. I mean, he's definitely pretty skilled. Oh, yeah. But come on. Come on. Yeah, he ain't, he ain't taking John. So not uh, yeah, no, not a chance. All right. Well, with that, oh, I I closed I closed the dock for today, but that's okay because next week, what are we into? We are into Catlin we are into Catlin two. All right. Well, uh, as always, want to thank you guys for playing the game of Thrones. In our next chapter, we will be into Catlin two of the Storm of Swords. And if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, or leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com or bendthenepodcast.com. We'll see you next time. And remember that winter is coming.